Call the meeting to order. Move we approve the minutes from the last meeting. I'll second that. It's been moved and seconded to approve minutes to the last meeting as presented. All those in favor say aye. 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 Motion carries. Is there anything to add to the agenda? No. I'll make a motion to approve the agenda. I'll second that. It's been moved and seconded to approve the agenda as submitted. All those in favor say aye. 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 Motion carries. Citizens input. Is there anything citizens want to say that's not on the agenda? Talk about? No. All right. Um, we got 1015 Darren Clayton. Um, do you want to move? Do you want to get Scott? I don't know if 15 minutes is going to be enough. That's not going to be enough for him. We can move. Okay. Are, you, are you expecting anybody else? No. You just move him up. All right. If you're ready, we're ready, sir. I got a couple of handouts here for you guys. You want to go over here? Well, my name is Darren Clayton. I'm here today to propose that Sac County become a Second Amendment Sanctuary County. This proposed legislation has recently been passed in numerous Iowa counties and is being considered in many more. The legislation does nothing to expand gun rights. It does, however, reaffirm the county's dedication to protecting the constitutional rights of all of its citizens. While the Second Amendment Sanctuary legislation at the county level does not supersede federal law, it does prevent local resources from being used to enforce measures that are at odds with the Constitution, uh, the Second Amendment, and its provisions are inherent. They are not given by the government to be randomly taken away, and this legislation simply codifies that. There's a map in front of you that shows all the counties in the country that have passed this. There's almost 2,000 counties, which represents almost 65% of the country. There's 22 Iowa counties that have currently passed it. There's one more on the docket today. I think Benton County is voting on it today. and. Um, I would just ask that you guys consider this legislation here in Sac County. Have you actually had Sheriff McClure here yesterday or last week? I thought it was going to be last week. I, on, I called him and told him. They're on a pretty, pretty nasty scene. He's on, he's on his yeah. way. He called me about 10 minutes ago, and they're standing on their I way. talked to him last week about it, and he said he was going to be here to support it. Okay. They're waiting for a TI, and he said he was just, well, I think there's a fatality they're dealing with at the moment. So Just waiting for a technical investigator from the state to show up. So, so <clears throat> Well, I certainly... I looked some of this stuff up, did a little bit of a search on it. Um, I've heard about it before. I'd certainly want um, Sheriff McClure's opinion on it. I'd certainly want our county attorney, Ben Smith's opinion on it before I'd will be willing to act on it or whatever. I appreciate you coming and, and uh, presenting this to us, giving us that information. Um, but I think those people, those two people, would be most directly involved with what would happen after we would pass this or if we don't. Those are two opinions I'd really want. Hi, Dale. What do you know? Uh, we are talking right now about the proposal for Second amendments, amendments. So um, is there anything else that you would like to add to this other than swell presenting? I didn't realize 65% of the counties in the United States have already passed it. Right. It was a staggering statistic. And our, we've got two bordering counties, Pocahontas and Carroll, have both passed it recently. I saw that, too. That, those were both recent, weren't they? Well, I'm, I'm in Carroll, but I'd like to run yeah. it past the sheriff and the county attorney. Carroll was about a month sure. ago. I think Pocahontas has been within a, in the last month. I'd like to see what the county attorney make sure in his opinion, because he'd be the one that legally represented so, I don't have an issue with it. I don't either. It's just basically saying you're going to uphold the Constitution currently do. I mean, in a nutshell, it 
in the long run, depending on where the federal government goes with their ideas, it could save the county money just simply because we're not wasting our resource enforce laws. And I've, I've talked to the sheriff about it. I don't think asking out for his deputies to infringe upon any second. Yeah, I, as long I, as the Constitution says it upheld. We right. all take an oath to uphold the Constitution. And this is basically repeating that again. And I don't have any more strong second amendments. So 32 years of law enforcement, I still support it. Has there ever been, to your knowledge, has there ever been um, a situation where it had to go to federal court or like somebody, one county had done this and then something happened and then federal courts got involved with it? Do you know? No, I mean, like I said, this, this isn't superseding federal law. Right. The federal authorities can still come in and enforce any federal law they want. All this is saying is that our local sheriffs or our local police departments in Sac County, mainly the sheriff, because you guys oversee the sheriff's department, not the local, but the sheriff's department is not going to back them up on whatever they come in and do. If they want to come in and do whatever they got to do, they can do it. This doesn't supersede that. All it's saying is our local resources are going to take care of our own business and not theirs. I did doing some research on this. I see in, on March 31st of 2021, Columbia County, Oregon requested a judicial review of its Second Amendment sanctuary law. And I didn't get any further in finding out whether or not that review has happened. It would be very interesting to me to see what... Which county in Oregon? Uh, it said Columbia County, Oregon. Which, I mean, does that, which city is in that? I have no idea. I'd like I, mean, to say, I just got this off the... There's, there's a lot of um, well, but counties I, in but Oregon. But I assume that requesting a, a judicial review means a higher up level is going to say... Just review the legality of yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, it's either completely symbolic and it doesn't hold up, or it's illegal. I, I don't know, but that must not have happened yet. That would and I think more than anything, codifying this would just... It's more just telling the federal government, knock it off. Because right now, I mean, if the feds come in right now and say, we want the sheriff's department to back us up on this, I mean, right now the sheriff can say no. He doesn't have to do it if it, if it goes against the Constitution currently. I talked to Columbia County just north and west of the Portland area. Okay. Right. That probably explains some of it. Sheriff. Well, we're on the second. Oh, we, we moved it up. Oh. So we're already on it. We've been discussing it a little bit. Um, comments were that certainly need your opinion. We'd like that. And also Ben Smith's opinion on this. You two would be the ones most directly related to if this happens or not kind of deal. And if it does, then what happens after that? So if you have an opinion statement, we'd love to hear it. Well, my, my position is, is that I've always supported the second. Um, I've taken an oath many times in the last 33 years to support the Constitution of the United States and enforce the laws of the state and the federal government. I'm not for sure what this resolution accomplishes when we're already enforcing the Constitution. It's not my position to say what's unconstitutional or not. That's what our legislature, legislators and our justices. So, I don't know, I know there are many counties that have passed it, but I don't know what the benefit of passing it is. Um, I don't know what the benefit of not passing it is. That's my brief 30 seconds. No, and I appreciate that. I mean, you're put on the spot, but it, it's, it's, if you were strongly for it, then it would make a difference in my opinion. If you were strongly against it. Well, I, I don't know what it changes that we're not already doing. I think it basically just states that you're going to support it. I don't. 
you know, like I stated before you got here, we've all taken an oath to uphold the Constitution. Yeah. It's just another piece of but paper saying who, that who makes the determination that we're violating the Constitution? Well, it'd be the courts would do that. Or is it public opinion? You know, we all deal a lot with that anyways today of public opinion of what's a violation and what's not a violation. So, you know, without, I haven't talked to the county attorney about it. Well, that's another person um, you know, so, I mean, I'm, at this at this point, I... I don't have a stance either way. I mean, I, I don't know enough what the benefit of doing it is or what the downfall is if you don't. So. Well, we stated earlier that we'd like to have it run through past them, the county attorney, see if he has any. Yeah. So, I don't personally have any. Basically, we state that we uphold the Constitution. And for me, we do that every day. So, but, yeah. So at this point today, I, I don't have a, a position either way. Okay. Well... I will approach, as chair, I'll approach Ben Smith and add him on the agenda when his schedule allows. He can tell the public what he thinks about this. So if that's the case, we're waiting on that opinion. Yes, go ahead, sir. Does this take away the supervisors or <coughs> any of the council's ability to not allow guns in their public meetings? I don't think this would have anything to do with that. Uh, this, this doesn't expand or take away from any gun rights. It's simply not gun rights. Rights of... Uh, elected boards to make rules yeah. about guns. This, this is basically saying that if federal government oversteps its bounds and our county sees that as a violation of the Constitution, our county doesn't have to allocate local resources to enforce those oversteps by the federal government. At the local level, our local leaders can pass whatever laws that they see fit. Give me a scenario. Um, what would be the federal government overstepping bound to the second minute. Let's say the federal government comes in and just says flat out AR-15s are illegal across the board. There's nothing in the Constitution of the federal government that says anything about any certain type of weapon. So if our county sees that as an overstep, then our county resources, say our sheriff's department, is not going to go around and confiscate any of those weapons. If the feds want to come in and do it, fine. But our sheriff's, it's basically saying our sheriff's department is not going to back them up on that. Is there a legal reason to confiscate weapons without a crime being if the federal government comes in and says they're illegal, they're, then you could go in and confiscate whatever you want. You're telling me that the government can just, whenever they want, decide to confiscate anything they want, anytime? If they pass and a this law, is the only thing standing in the way of them confiscating guns. This isn't standing in the federal government's way of doing anything. This <coughs> What's is all, for them? all that's saying. Well, no, no, because I asked you what it was for, okay. and that's what you said it was for. So what is it for? It's saying our local resources will not be used to enforce those laws. So this. This goes above the head of, like, the sheriff, for instance, to enforce laws. Force, enforce laws on the federal level. Go, go in there one step, and, and again, <clears throat> I, don't, I don't have a position yet, Darren, because I haven't talked to any of my colleagues on this, but understand the Board of Supervisors, as a governing body, don't have the jurisdiction to tell me what laws to enforce and what laws not to enforce, or what resources we're going to use or not use. They're strictly a funding mes mechanism for the county elected officials. So hypothetically speaking, if the federal government came in and, and did some crazy thing like that, they can't tell me you can't go do that. They don't have that legal authority to do that. Nor do they have the legal authority to tell the county attorney what to prosecute and not prosecute. And that would be my holdup with, with, with that. I'm not saying that I, I don't support that. And today, my position is that if the federal government were, were to do that, then they can send ATF agents in to, in to do that the way it is today, you know, because I, I think that's far-reaching. I don't know that that would ever happen, but we've all seen some crazy stuff in politics in the last how many ever years. So, you know, um, 
five years, last five years. So. Well, it just the world's just crazy. But if today, as a stance, I'm not going to go into your home and take a gun that the federal government says is illegal. If the federal government wants to take it, then they can come and do it. But I'm not doing it. And yeah, that's kind of where the whole thing is going. I mean, I, I guess I wasn't aware that if a law is passed that by the county board of supervisors that it still doesn't change how you how you do your job. Right. Yeah. So I, I don't work for the board of supervisors. I work for the people of Sac County. Right. So you know the board the board controls my budget. That's that's what they control. Now we work very closely together and have in my tenure and will continue to do that. So you know I'm not likely to do something that the board's not in supportive of. But on the other hand, if this is to tell the board of supervisors they can direct me not to do something. I don't think they have the legal authority to do that, and that would be a, a better question for the county attorney. Do you guys want the legal authority to tell the sheriff what to do? No. Do you no. feel like if he was ordered by the federal government to confiscate guns and he carried out that order, you would defund him the next year as punishment? <coughs> would that make any difference on your funding for him the next, the following year? What else does the, uh, what else does this do? That's about it. it seems pretty pointless. A lot of the things, the research I've seen is it, it's, it's showboating or grandstanding. It's symbolic at best. So that's, those are the concerns that I have with I'm, I'm still neutral on where I'm at with it. But I, I definitely want to hear from, from Ben Smith, too, before I make I think we need to, I think we need to run it by the county. Absolutely. So if that's the case, um, we need a motion to table this till further notice. Awesome. I'll second that. It's been moved and seconded to table the Second Amendment Sanctuary uh, discussion until we hear back from the county attorney. All those in favor say aye. 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 Motion carries. Thank you very much. Thank you, gentlemen. You bet. Thanks, um, Which one do you want to tackle next? Move what Sherry up, Sherry. Sure. Move Sherry up. I'm not sure if Paul would be or not. It might be a neighbor. Okay. <clears throat> um. All right. Um. Paul, what's the last name? Clicky. I was, um, I was just told, I got a call from both neighbors, and the one neighbor said that um, she believed he was not going to make it, and they were not going to make it either. So. Is he the one? Yes. Oh. Okay. He was not the one I talked to, so I can't guarantee that. You know what I'm saying? Okay. The neighbor said. The other neighbor. That, yeah. That, yeah. I talked well, to the other neighbor, though, but she didn't say anything about Mr. Clocky not coming. Okay. So. I mean, I don't care. We can go ahead. But I would assume nobody else is coming, but okay. um, I guess go ahead and, and we'll, uh, well, start. yeah, go ahead and start. Well, you all probably know what this is all about. There's the, the request. He says he's just going to start out small. He's going to keep it small, his business. He called me last week. He has no plans on opening a car lot. He just wants it to work on cars. His garage. Okay. Both neighbors are concerned about having cars sitting out front. Yes, both neighbors have <laughs> they, they both have called me, and okay. they are not in favor of. 
I talked in to having them. a dealership. I know, yeah. I know a neighbor yesterday, and I, I don't have a big heartburn. I don't know that we can't tell him he can't set a car out on yeah. by the road. I don't know that we got the authority to do that. But if he wants to set a car or two out there with her sales on, now if he's going to have a whole string of cars. Now, that's what he said. There probably won't be many setting out there. But, you know, what happens there if we... Well, and you know, you give us a little history of how the building was built to begin with and all that other good stuff, or is that not put to this? Um, both neighbors said that there were issues with the building being built to begin with, and they were, one of them wasn't happy. Well, I don't think neither one was happy about yeah. the building being built. And then it... Um, but he, he's currently working on vehicles in that building. Yes, yep, which I, you know... I don't I mean, know if you can build a building and do whatever you want to yeah, inside that building. That's what I mean, I, you know. And that's what I told this lady yesterday. I don't know if we have the right to set a car to, no. mm -hmm. to sell. But I don't know how that pertains to his dealer's life. The state, what does the state require for a dealer's life? The cars have to sit on rock or cement or gravel or something like that. They can't sit on the grass. If you have or a dealer's dirt. license. Yeah, if you have a dealer's license to set them on. That much I, I somebody brought me a, a note, and that's one thing it said in there that <sighs> they can't. But, you know. That, that's not stopping anybody from tearing up grass either if you want to park a bunch more out there, you know. But I don't know that he would go that far. But When the building was built, there was, was there a statement made that he was not going to make this ever a business? Was that statement? Yes, it was. It was for personal use and not for commercial or business is when he built the building. Just looking at this map, is that pretty close to the property lines? How did he... It's right on the property Did he have line. to get a waiver from the neighbor to the west to get that... I, I, don't, I don't think in, so. In the country, you don't have to. You can build it. Well, no, there's setbacks and yeah. stuff, but I think it's... Because when I put my addition on, I had to foot off the property line or get an exemption yeah. from the neighbor. Same way Did that is. exemption happen? I don't think I, there was no... I remember there was a stink about this. Yeah, and I got some of the... Yeah, but I don't think there's, it's that close. It must... Well, it's, it's, right it's close because where that blue line is and what I'm looking at here no, is like that's a fence. And, and I don't think, I don't even know if you can walk between the building and the fence when I drove by, but I get out. But anyway, it was stated it wasn't going to be a business, now it wants to be a business. Yeah. Right. You know, and with the shared driveway is Paul's concerned also. Yes, stated so, that. Yeah, I don't, you know. And I don't know. Did the city of Lakeview have to sign off on this business request or not? Because it, I was told that they had to sign off originally on whether he could build the building. They didn't sign off. This is the letter they sent me, which you can read. This is the latest letter, or this, this is a long time ago? No, this is just what I got oh, yeah. about this. Right. Basically, it says they think the neighbors should be notified, and they're concerned about cars parking in the front. But they didn't give their opinion, yes or no, or good or bad. When did he have that when he said he wasn't going to make it a business? How many years ago was that? Uh, 2017. It's only been four years. He's already changed his mind. It says we have an existing repair shop. Did he get permission for that or a license? Mm -hmm. or? And, you know, where do you draw the line? I mean, I don't know how much of a business he has out there, I guess. You know, he should have probably got a... He probably got the dealer's license because I think there's a rule that if you sell more than four or five cars. The dealer, yeah. Uh, east of Lakeview. Right by the cemetery, just west of the cemetery. Oh, yeah. I'd buy yeah. that. twin houses that sit together. Yeah. I think two brothers built yeah, them together two and brothers built shared them. the driveway and now. Yeah, you're right. <clears throat> 
Is this a full-time job for him, or is this a... No, he must have another job. This is something he can do on the side, I think. Yeah, he's, he's got an outside job, I think. Yeah, that's... He does this in his spare time. Yeah. You know, in my opinion, it, it's been four years since he submitted this. What's going to say in four more years, he's going to want to put Carlin out there. He's changed his mind in four years. He's not going to do any. He told me he was just working on cars. He wasn't going to start a car. But you can put, I said something to him about maybe putting a requirement of no more than so many, so many cars there, too. You know, put a stipulation on it or something like that, too, you know. Well, then if he's not going to tear up grass, he really can't set him on the driveway if he's sharing that driveway with Paul. Well, there's a little, there's I think, an area where you can up by his, him, but. yeah, little area, but it's not a lot for a lot of cars. You know, I got mixed feelings on it. I don't want to impede on somebody's some property. I can also see the neighbors. I can see two sides. <laughs> concerns as well. Yeah, that don't look like it's real wide to put a, this is set up back there by that bonus, but... You're not going to want to set them back by the bush. You're going to have them set You're going to want them up front right where it says Mike's. And part of that's in the answer. Or right next to where the line is. The line is, and that's... And then he's going to be over on Paul's driveway to... Oh, people parking to look at the car will be and all that other good stuff. Can we put the stipulation, in my opinion, is that he's working on cars there? I guess we can't stop him from doing that. can't stop him doing that. I don't have a problem with him doing that. I don't want him setting a bunch of cars out there. Well, he's got the dealer's license is a stipulation because if they're saying you got to have it on rock or concrete to be a dealer, then you can't set them in his grass or he violates yeah. stipulation. Yeah, the the but he plans on having a corner of his shed for display to show cars. So what he told me. So yeah, inside. Because he has to have that an area according to the DOT too. That was one of the things. The minimum space for display of other vehicles shall be 18 by 30 feet, exclusive of parking area. And he said that will be inside his shop, is what he said. Told, you know, with I, I think he sells a lot of these on for like a sale or swap on, or on a marketplace on Facebook. And the yeah. come over and get. So I don't know that he would need a place or need a, have a reason to set one out in front of advertising. I don't think we can tell him what he can and can't do in that building. Ah, which one? Well, that'd be one thing we could stipulate. We could give him a dealership or give him a business name. That's what he's requesting, right? What's he, he needs a... What's he want? Uh, he needs a... Okay. written evidence, property located. This is old property. And it falls in urban transitions, and that has to get the okay from the city and the board here in order for them to, for me to go ahead and approve Isn't that city property? No, nope, it's, it's not. outside it, of city it, limits. It, it takes it. just... Oh, yeah, yep. it goes around. Because otherwise, otherwise, I think you'd have a, a city zoning. Yeah, city. Yeah, then, yeah. then we wouldn't even be dealing with it. It'd be, yeah. like, if it's nope. in city, they'd be dealing with it. Yep, then I'd pass the buck. The Lakeview City Council talked about it last week. Yeah, he wasn't there. Took the week off. Right. I don't remember them talking about displaying cars at City Council. No, probably not. They only talked about him being able to store cars on that property. So I don't know what documentation they have or emails they have from kind of new information people that were at the city council. Well, well, that's right, you were there. Well, I wasn't there. Oh, oh you were. It's out of, it's out of the... Well, they could uh, just give their opinion. It's not all they can do. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I don't... I guess maybe a compromise would be granting the ability to be a business, but no outside display. 
Well, I think the neighbors don't want to look around there. Didn't talk to Paul, but I talked to the neighbors. I talked to I talked to Paul and Josh Thompson. So that's their big concern of that whole yard. For right. Cars for sale at pet store. So I think we can compromise it. He's obviously he's currently working on vehicles in that shop. So and if his license stipulates that he's got to have an indoor showroom. So does that mean that you have to change the zone? Zoning? No, it's an approved use if they get the okay from the city okay. and from the, the board. City and, and the board. Well, get the city's opinion is the kind of way it's worded. I don't. I don't think I printed that. Yeah, I talked to Rick about that. He said that you need to listen to the city, but you can only. Yeah, you can make account. your. You have the, you would, the board here has could. a decision really. Well, we just, the city's opinion. City said. said Neighbors should be notified about stairs with crest, and concern was expressed about parking cars in the front yard. Is what I got this from Scott Peterson. Yeah, that was the day. Uh, reply to your. Yep. Well, that's. I sent him the I sent him this letter and the information and. Well, if he's already working on cars, as long as he's on outside, I think they'll put that. If we're going to put that no outside display, outside display. I mean, if he has a couple cars sitting in his driveway, but now I'm talking display up by the. You know, if they're back by the house, I don't know what you could tell him. He can't have cars out back by itself. If he's got them out by the highway. How would that be enforced, though? I don't know. <laughs> well, you can enforce You can enforce it if anything for sale is has to be in the building, inside the building. You know what I'm saying? That would, Your personal car, you could obviously, we think we're going to put it. anything for, for sale it'd be inside the building. And a lot of those guys that have dealer license, or dealer plates, they run dealer plates. You know that as well as I do, sure. They run yeah. that. I put a dealer plate on our car, we're going to run down to sack and rub sack and get groceries. <clears throat> I'm throwing a dealer plate on this yeah. car and I'm, it's for personal use now. Yeah. So how do you... Uh, that's a, well, what if one of the neighbors want to sell a vehicle? Can they park it out by the highway? Uh, yeah, because they're not asking for a business. They're private. They're private. He's got the dealership. You know, he's got the dealers like more. Population. So, so would that be a violation of the dealer license thing then? I mean... I, I just don't know that there's an ordinance or a law that says if you're a business, you can't park stuff outside if you're complying with the stipulations of your license. I mean, looking down the road, let's just say he starts parking stuff out there, even though we don't want him to do yeah. to do that. How do you enforce that? You have to what, go back to the DOT and get dealers like booked, I suppose. He's not complying with the stipulations of the dealer's permit. Well, if he goes and buys a bunch of gravel and gravels his front yard... Yeah. That's, that's, one and that's what yeah. the neighbors don't yeah. want. Yeah. Fear, yeah. But that's what he'll do. That's a tricky one. Huh? That's a tricky one. So what's yeah. stopping him from doing that? He wants to do the right thing. I had mentioned to him, you know, that if he was all right, if you set a limit on it and he was willing to do that, if that came to, you know. How, how many was he thinking? Did he's, he, he didn't think he'd have more than three and four out there at, at any time. That's but he thought about, you know. So I don't know. That was. I'm still going back to the fact that he says he's never going to make a business. Build a business. No, I understand. <coughs> we used to have men that were driving it. Somebody told me that got sold. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that until until this came up, and John John was the one who told me. It was in with we had some at the north end of the building. Yeah, down end of Main Street. Yeah, I don't. I got I got mixed. I just. I don't know what he'll do years done. He's already done four years. And I, does the DOT come out and inspect the place? Or do they, you know, can, does it, is it a yearly license? Or is it, you've got the license and it's a go for it? Or, you know what I mean? 
And then it comes back to the question, whatever you decide today, how is that going to be enforced? Well, that's, uh, you know, that's the DOT. I tried calling them, but... It would almost have to be a, a civil thing filed by the county attorney, I would think. Is he violating an ordinance, or is he violating what we want him to do? I, I don't know. You don't want to spend your whole career down there. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess I'd be in favor of allowing him to continue to repair vehicles there, but even to open the door to be able to set them up. That just Expanding. Gradually getting worse. We're going to have one. Just going to so let them have the dealer's license, but keep them inside. Everything has Everything to be inside. Has to be inside. Uh, if it's a vehicle that you, but there again, you know, you can throw a dealer plate on something <laughs> and drive it. See dealer plates all over. I just don't know how you enforce it. Well, it would stop from having him park something out on his grass or whatever, or right next to that tree. Well, that's kind of what he told me. Just wanted to be able to work on the shop while he's doing that. Yeah, and I don't, want, I don't want to stop that. He's been doing that, so once he should, that's fine with me. But I just don't can't stop him from putting his personal cars on. Any personal cars, limit on personal cars, I might be. Well, I guess we could do it this way. We could, we could direct Sherry to ask him if whether or not he'd be willing to, if having his dealership inside his building is something he'd be okay with requesting. And just to keep that. Well, I don't want to pass that today. What I'm saying is okay. we need to talk to him and say, if we grant you this ability to have a dealership, but everything has to be inside, and he agrees to that in front of God and everyone, then it shouldn't be. I mean, then he can do what he wants to do. The neighbors shouldn't be bad because their fear was cars parked outside a big parking lot. People come stopping all the time. That won't be happening. If he's required to have an inside showroom, that's what I mean. Yeah. So I would... I would say, I would direct you, all right, I would say to the board with you to approach him and say that's what we're leaning towards right now. If and he see, agrees with that, and then, then see, and, and then but we still have to come back and vote, vote one, you know one, what I'm saying? Okay. So, okay. Well, I'd like to hear him agree to Okay. Is that, does that make sense to you or no? Yeah. Are you okay with that? Yeah. You think the city will? Oh, how many hard yeah, I think the that? biggest thing is. Okay. And I think that's what the neighbors well, I know it is. So yeah. um do you need a motion for that? No, no, you're not gonna make any decision. Okay. So just asking <coughs> we're we'll, we're we're considering being uh okay with him having the dealership there as long as everything Okay. And then if he says absolutely not, I don't want then you know, then we'll go from there. Or if he says, How about one car out front? And I'd sit back and say, well, flag it out so I can ask the neighbors and all that stuff. But we don't have to decide this. He's in a hurry. I'm not going to deal. And I want to be able to talk to the neighbors, too, about um, that being an option. Let's see how they say. So, okay. That's I... where I'm at with that. Okay. We're okay with that? Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Sherry. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mine's going to take a while. So <laughs> well, you guys do you want Nick? <laughs> Okay, uh, the patching project continues. They're about 75% done. Um, as of now, 
and that one on uh, M60A should be open today. Uh, it's halfway open right now, so um, they got bridge approaches left up on uh, D15, D15 and M43, and just some minor patches here and there, so they should be done early November. Uh, questions on the patching project at all? Um, we have a uh, well, also Denco still doing their crack sealing. They got M54 pretty well done. Fifth uh, Street, we're going to do another run at that, like we uh, discussed. And um, they got D15 left. That's four miles. M50, they got six miles on. And then M68, they got three miles on. So I'd say three weeks, they should be out of here as well. Um, next week, we have a box culvert bidding. Uh, it's a box on IRA, 24 foot by 8 foot. Right now we got four plan holders on that, um, Nelson Rock, Midwest Contracting, PCI, uh, Goberson Smith, and I'm guessing Steve Richards is probably also a plan holder, but he never shows up. So I'll give Steve Richards a call this week to make sure he's got the plans and stuff on that as well. That bid's next Tuesday, so then the following week I'll bring it for consideration of award. That's got a July 25th late start date on it. Uh, this week on the on the wind farm project, we'll have crane moves every day, starting today. Um, we'll have one every day until Saturday. Saturday they got a, a big crane move um, that's going uh, down Ira about three miles down Ira. And when I say big crane moves, these they're SPMT trailers. Uh, they're um, uh, SPMT self-propelled modular trailers. They got you know. 80 wheels on them, 12 axle type deal, and they they move themselves. There's no truck pulling them or anything, so they put the crane on that trailer and it crawls down the road. So we'll have uh, road closures in a few areas basically every day this week and Saturday. So those usually go pretty smooth. They're they're well prepared for those, but uh, um, otherwise they're they're going hard putting up windmills right now. So. Um, I guess that's pretty well it for this week. Are there questions on anything from the board? Nope. I don't think there's no nope. question about Fifth Street. We at that. So. Yeah. That's the only question I have. Okay. Alrighty. That's all I got. All right. Thanks, Thanks guys. Thank you. <clears throat> all right. There's nobody else. Last, last, last one. Last Mohican. Mohican. It's you. Right. This is the EMS and Central Service spiel. Not a spiel. It's passed in the law. It's a 28-page law, which... That's a short one. Yeah. 15 pages deal with garbage and junk vehicles and all that fun stuff. But it's, I printed off the, the part that pertains to EMS. And in a nutshell, <clears throat> what it is, is it gives the county authority to collect money for EMS in two avenues. One, local op option income surtax, and the other is a property tax. <clears throat> so, step one, let's kind of go through it a little bit. Well, um, we'll go, go to the back where it's the actual bill. The front page is the IMSA's breakdown of it, and it's pretty vague. That's our lobbying group for the state. So go to the, right there, flip it open to page 15. It starts on the bottom, <clears throat> right below gambling. Gambling, all right. So the, the first step in the in the bill is if, if it's passed, is to determine 
a district or a which we already have. So the way I read it, that that step is already done for us. If you go to page 17, and the district would be just the county itself. It's our county. Okay. So it, that that's that's for in say a southern county does not have a service at all, which some do or don't. They would go in and say, "All right, here's our boundaries." That's setting up a new okay. service. Page 17, the next step would be setting up a board, which we've had 20 years ago. We had an ambulance board or commission or whatever you wanted to call it. And and I'm assuming this is going to pass, and, and I kind of have an overview of how to set the board up because I was on it 20-some years ago, and Jim's been on them, and, and we just need representatives on that from different... So you uh, had it 20 years ago, but then it dissolved. It dissolved. We, kept, we had to maintain it because we kept getting state money, okay. and, the, and they quit the state money. We had to have the board to allocate the state grant money. So in the meantime, it's they quit giving us money, so the board's kind of dissolved. <clears throat> Page 17 at the bottom, it just gives the powers of the trustees or the board, which basically says they're going to determine, this board's going to determine that we need X amount of equipment, X amount of people, which equates to X amount of dollars, which basically is already done for us, other than we don't have the official board <clears throat> if you go to the page 18 in the middle, say you needed a windfall of money, you can you can do a bond for it, and you can do a bond with the thought that you're going to receive revenue to pay the bond off, which in our county we don't need to do. You get to the um, the revenue generating part. What page? You I'm getting there. Uh, 21 optional taxes for emergency medical services then you got down on in the mid like one and two local option income tax and then a property tax and the process of this the way I read it is it, it takes two readings and then a third vote so like the third reading or the third meeting you would vote on it and and this is going to take Ben to, to look at all this too Jim and I kind of went through it this morning um, before we got here, not to exceed seventy-five cents per per one thousand. What are we currently at? I don't know what we're at. I have no clue. I mean, we're out of the general fund. So, it, is it, there ever a dollar breakdown? No, there is no limit on. Well, there's a, a maximum limit on what you can levy in the general fund, but then it's up to the board to determine how that gets allocated. So, basically, taking that into this one, but not with that. Um, not with this one. There's another section that goes back to a regular property regular tax, property tax. You can the others are not actual general fund and puts it into that EMS. Yes. Uh, so if if we became an essential service, and I'm just going to use round numbers, and let's say it costs a million dollars, which it doesn't. It costs a million dollars. You're funding uh, six hundred of it already out of general fund. My interpretation of this is is you you can move that six hundred into the EMS fund and tax or the two taxes to make up the difference if you so choose but like i said it's 20 it, i'm not a lawyer and that's just the way i read it what counties around here have done it do you know i don't know who's actually approved it but i can look that up real easy okay. um, uh, Woodbury, uh, yeah i'm not i'm not knowing if there's any immediate ones that have took the steps to vote on it <clears throat> and it was passed. I mean, we're not behind the ball at all because they just signed it into law June 9th. 
and that's the last page. But so you get past the the revenue part, and then it goes into training, um, which is not an issue for us because I mean our training's done through Iowa Central with we're, we're doing our. But what that says is we can set up money to train and certify providers, which which you're doing. We anyway. are we're doing it anyway, but it's through Iowa Central College. On so, the original essential, this is kind of back to the original part of the emergency, Iowa Emergency Medical Services or whatever, essential services levy. Are there any other groups that can come in and ask for money out of this, like can the fire departments? That, that's all, that, no, no, that's all going to depend on that board because they're going to allocate the funds, okay. the board set up. And my recommendation on a board, and it's the fairest way to do it, is we need a, a supervisor it would be me. We got ambulances as in Shaler, Odebolt, Lakeview. Uh, we need, and in the, and this is what we've done in the past. We had a, a EMS rep and a counselor mayor from each of them, and then we have first responder groups in the other little towns. We had the same there. So, so at one point we had probably an eighteen-person committee back. 20, I'm saying twenty years ago, and and that's how I would envision the the board set up. Because the input, then you're getting input from every community. Well, you understand my original question was, I, I don't want it to be a slippery slope into, well, what's an emergency, you know, what, it's just, it's fire, emergency. Fire, fire departments are essential services in many people's minds. I mean, they are. Yeah, but they're funded different than we are. I mean, the sheriff's an essential service. The, this is the state, it's like the sheriff's office and fire department. It says the county shall supply. EMS, if you vote this in, it'll just say... The county shall supply EMS, and this should have been done thirty years ago, but they well, just I think got that's it passed. When we first started talking about this, you asked the general public if the EMS are essential service thing. Yeah, and and there's what well, part of it, Jim took the vote. That was that for the it took sixty percent. Was that for the money or for the yeah. that was for the money? And I'll guarantee you, sixty percent of the vote you would get for EMS. We talked about this on the phone. Yeah. Um, how, how are there, in order for us to decide whether or not we're going to be do this funding, there's different ways the board can just vote on it? Is that correct? The way I read it, the board has to have three readings, three readings yeah. vote on the third with the, pub, you know, the public notice and all that. Then it goes to a public vote for the different type of funding. That's how we kind of read it. Okay. But that's, that's if you were looking for the funding part. I mean, yeah, if, if, so that's two parts where you could... If you say we need to generate another $400,000, then you have to go to the vote. But instead of our budget going into general fund, we're going to have our own line item. I mean, it'll be MS just like secondary roads is separate. And I know the, but uh, ben, ha ben has a copy of this, and all you guys have a copy. And like I said, it's, it's a lot of legal stuff. But the gist of it is there's two, two additional uh, funding streams. Uh, our districts are set up. We need to set up a, a board or commission or whatever they worded in their trustees, and and it's good to go. And then it goes to a vote if you need the funding, more money. If we don't need more money, if we can get it under that seventy-five cents per. I don't know that. That I don't know because you can go up to seventy-five cents. Right, and I don't think it'll be that much. The quick math I have: seven hundred grand. <coughs> what it would generate. How much? Running a seven hundred thousand dollar debt. Seven hundred grand. 
for what? Seventy-five cents on thousand dollars, a thousand taxable. Seven hundred fifty thousand. Yeah. Seven. Yeah. So, something. What? And you're running a deficit of a couple hundred, a couple hundred thousand. So. The, yeah, but it it gives you guys the avenue to tax for it, basically. Uh, We're taxing for it now. Yes, it, it's not. The, the where the money's coming from is not changing one iota. It's still coming from the tax base. Local option sales. It's tax. not sales tax. It's income tax. tax. It's income tax. There's there's three different kinds. There's a income. There's a sales, and then there's a general fund. Okay. Take so it but, out of the general fund. Put it in the yeah in the essential services. But my my view, like I said, my view on it as we sit now, we would need to tax if you want to be a break even type deal, which we never have been. You would. Tax up for the extra two hundred thousand that we're short or whatever. Which I think that's on the that that Yeah, absolutely. Um, my biggest fear is the slippery slope as far as other people coming in. And well, I think that's know. outlined in there, Brad. And it might be, but I don't know. Would that board or your trustees would that be set up like the conservation board stuff? Would they come in and approve your budget and approve yep. your salaries? Yep, it'd be set up like <clears throat> yeah. uh, the assessor. They got their own conference board. Conference board. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But instead of me coming to, to my budget hearing for these guys, yeah. my budget will be cut out in the board. I'll present it to these guys. Right. It just, it just, but the main thing is, is that it guarantees that, say the counties say we're broke. I mean, you guys say we've we got to make some cuts. It, it says you can't cut EMS at that point. That's the essential service tag it gets. Yeah, that's that's the first piece of this thing, right? What do you mean? Is that the board has to approve? The board has to do have their three meetings service, and approve. And then the rest of it can come whenever made. But like I said, the first part of it, it's, there's a whole two pages on just setting up your district, which is done. The, the next step would be after it's passed the three times, is setting up the count or the trustees or the the commission. It's I've been on a commission. I've been on a Advisory. I mean, it's been called all different things, but it's the same thing. But Ben does have a copy of this. Yes, and I'm gonna talk to him. He, I know he's busy, but yeah, I think we gotta wait till he gives us the okay. And and Brent and I talked about this last winter about this being passed and and actually passed this round, and and we kind of held off because the state says now it's legal to it. Like I said, the bunny is still coming from the same pockets. <laughs> it just gives you, it's another tax, or can be. So, it, like I said, it, it's, what involves us is from page 15 on the bottom till the end of the bill, minus the training, which is not even pertinent to us because we're doing that now. We're just running throughout. So it would be a lot different if you, like you said, if a county didn't have any whatsoever in the start. And that's what this gears for, geared for, because there's counties in southern Iowa yeah, that does yeah. not have. Right, you told yeah. me that, so it's like, okay, now here's a way you can fund it, because you haven't yeah, been able to do it. exactly. But, you know, step one is the three readings after Ben reviews it. Uh, step two would be passing it, and then, then we'd set up a committee, and, or a, a board. And I know the boards, they were quarterly. One was quarterly, one was every six months. But but I think if we get one set up initially, we want to meet more often than not to get everybody going. Yeah. Educate the board. Educate the board. And, and get look at options on, you know, maybe we need another 200000 I mean, and it's coming to that for right. personnel, you know. Any questions on it that I can help with? But like I said, I am not an attorney. Well, I... I, want, I was waiting for the packet to read it, 
you know, catch the highlights and then hear, certainly hear from Ben. So um, this is a way to, to information. But, yeah, like Kenny said, I think that we would be set up like the Conservation Board. They would do the budget. and what, yeah, It sounds like it. It is a no-brainer. I mean, like I said, it should have been done 25 years ago, but they never got it passed. Well, I'm, I'm willing to move forward on it as long as Ben yeah. okay with it. Yes. Hey, uh, I was having a conversation about this topic last night with someone, and neither of us could really remember or figure it out. Did you already say out loud today how you're being funded now? We're be we're just tax. I mean, general, general fund. Like, what's the difference between what you're asking for? Like, can you contrast the difference? The, no, the big difference when you when we're deemed an essential service, and like I said, when the board says we're, we're we got to make some cuts, they can't cut EMS. Sure. That that's the big tag for EMS. The funding is still coming from the, the people. It's just going to be a. It gives them the authority to tax more because they can go up to seventy-five cents gotcha. a thousand. I mean, it, it gives them taxing authority for EMS. But as long as I've been here since '93, there's never been an issue with the board not funding our service. That's that's always my. So it hasn't been a political thing. It hasn't been political. It just for you. It's just. It's just. This puts it all in in legality form, saying. All right, if we got to cut something, we might have to cut the assessor. And, and don't sure. quote that, but I mean, they can't go into they can't cut Kenny because it's state law. This puts us in the state code part. I get it. I, I was just trying to, we were just trying to, uh, in this conversation, figure out where your money was coming from if it was already from the county. And it, it already is. Right. It already is. Just taking it out of general and putting it into this. But, but this, would, this would. Are you just doing it as a transfer now? No, no, it's still paid, paid out of transfer. Okay. Yeah, we've been in the general fund since '93 that I know, so gotcha. probably since '78 when the service was set up, right, Jim? Mm -hmm. But it's it's just a a it protects EMS for not being cut, and b it gives these guys the authority to tax for specifically that. Anything else? Not on that. I mean, I was, <laughs> yeah. I, like you said, I just want to make sure that it doesn't become just a money grab. Yeah. Order, so. But I, but I, what I envision is, say, with six hundred thousand that we're using now, and we need two hundred thousand, you would tax for the additional two hundred thousand, and six hundred thousand would still be allocated. I, I don't know. Right. But that's, you know, that's yeah. that's some accounting stuff. Yeah. And them are just numbers because I don't. I mean, I couldn't tell you exactly. I, I could tell you exactly, but nope. them are just round numbers and for examples. All right. Well, you're on here for second thing too, or maybe yeah. not exactly you, but we were approached. Are you done with that presentation? Yeah. Unless you guys have any questions on. Um, ambulance funding resolution from Odeboat Linton and Auburn. You you've got that email. Actually, I've had discussion with Odeboat people about okay. this. Um. And I'm not opposed to, to doing something to retain people or gain people, but but it's going to be money, and that drives everything. We all know that. Right. Um, I'm for it. We have Early, uh, Lytton, Auburn, Wall Lake, our first responders through their fire department. Kind of. They might be. They're on, they're on the fence right now. So we have the, right now the five that are through their fire department. I am for looking at Odeboat Shaler EMS ambulance people because, I mean, I don't think you guys can stretch clear out to the fire departments and fund the fire departments. That's what you'd be doing for them five. Now, for Shaler ambulance and Odeboat ambulance, I think we need to look at something like they're proposing. I'm not opposed to it at all. 
Well, you know, originally when it's similar to what we did for Lake Exactly. For but here's the here's the difference. Lakeview's down there, that's their job. The people I got in Lakeview, that is their job. The people in Shaler Odeboat, that is not their job. They're volunteers. But I don't have a problem compensating people to do it at all. And uh, and surrounding counties are. Well, I think if you're asking somebody to be on call, I get it. Stick totally get it. Within X amount of minutes, you got to come. But I don't think we can compare Lakeview with Shaler and Odeboat. I think we can p compare Lakeview with uh, Coon Rapids and Carroll, or we can Manning and Carroll, because they have the same setup as we do. And, and and I'm not totally not opposed to paying people to be on call at all. Don't get me that. Don't get me that way. Dollar amount, that's going to be up to you guys. Well, my, my concern was when we did the Lakeview and put the Lakeview, Lakeview people on call or whatever, it was <coughs> a concern that the other ones that were on call would ask for money. Um, when I went along with that um, request, it was more for keeping an ambulance service, dedicated one in the south half of the county and one in the north half. I mean, basically, it's not exactly here, but that's um, so that we would reduce response times, not guarantee response times, but huh? up that up. I guess my problem is, is if you, if we start funding Shaler and Odeboat the same way as Lakeview, then are we literally having four ambulance services dedicated county, well, county pay? Uh, this is way before my time and back when they set it up, it was set up Paid in SAC, paid in Lakeview, volunteer, Shaler, volunteer, Odeboat. Now, however, when I was on Shaler's, there was 23 of us on volunteer. Now they're down to five. So, and Lakeview's always, way before me, has been either salaried or hourly. So it's not like we're changing anything. It's just that I think we should compensate a little bit to our volunteers. But I don't think we can compensate to the amount we're compensating Lakeview because that's their full-time job. Unless... Everybody says, well, I'll quit my job and work for you. I mean, which none of them will because I've talked to them about that. Yeah. But I think we need to look at something to, to compensate, whether it's a dollar an hour on call or whether it's... I think you got to give them incentive to... Incentive to, to stay. It, to want to do it. Yes, I agree. Volunteering. And I've had, like I said, I've had discussions with the Odebo people about it. Because that's what's happening all over rural... All over the United States. Is, is that the shortage of volunteers, but... How do you people volunteer? But, yeah, it's, and that's something we're going to have to look at. And I think that's, I'm 100% I'm for doing something. But I don't think that we can decide it today. Well, I, I, I certainly could, and I'd like to see. I mean, you have you have knowledge on how many I could I could put together the stats. I'd I could like put to together numbers. the numbers. What, what it would approximately cost? To, what would you put two on call? Well, you, you have to have, have two. Driver and a, you have to have two. Um, you have two on for 24 hours. Yeah, and I think, and I'll do some calling around like Carroll County, and, and Calhoun does some paying other volunteers. I'll see how they take care of it, yeah, what their rates are. But Give us some numbers. I'm and gonna, I, I I'm going to bring you some numbers on, like, the call volumes. I'm going to tell you right now, Shaler runs between 20 and 30 calls a year. Olderbert runs between 60 and 80 calls a year. Lakeview runs between three and 400 a year, and we run around 600. See, and that's, and I, I don't want to take anything away from volunteers that help on Shaler and the whole county. I don't want to do any of that. I just want to sit back and say there's always a cost to these things. Exactly, and, and, and that's the fine line. And that's it's a fine line. And but for 25 years, that's been the, the ballpark numbers on call volumes. Right, and then now we're, you know, we're talking about the essential service, and now you're going to hear people like, well, you have the ability to tax more, so tax more and pay them. 
I get all that. I do but too. But it's one of those deals where do we really need... Originally, at some point in time, I guess, maybe Rennell, you know, did, did <clears throat> Odeboat have an ambulance the city? No. It's she, ne- it's when not, when we was set up back in the 70s, it started It started Sac County and Loring Hospital were in partnership. Okay. So, so there was a volunteer yeah. years ago. In yeah. But like I said, when you was on Rennell, there was probably 20, 25 on your squad, too. Oh, yeah. Shaler, I started in 92. Two. That's probably two or three days a week is all I had to... Well, in Shaler, we did a week on. at a time, and you might not be on for seven weeks because you had enough people. Mm-hmm. But now we don't. Mm-hmm. So we got to look at something. But like I said, for the last mm-hmm. 25 years, them calls are pretty consistent with 20 to 30, 60 to 80, 300, 5 to 600. When you were on call, it was a county-owned ambulance, or did you use it? It's always been county-owned, other than Loring. When they when it's set up, Loring, if tell me if I'm wrong, Loring and SAC went to, or the county went together. SAC pretty much supplied the equipment, and Loring and SAC split the labor. And Loring supplied the shed. And they supplied the shed. Then I don't that, know. I don't know at what point the county took over. That was in well, that was way before my time too, but. Before that, the funeral home had an ambulance. Yeah, that's and way... They got out of the business, and that's when Loring and Sac County... Picked yeah, up. so, and it, it initially started in Sac City. There was nothing in the surrounding counties. Okay. But then there was a group in Oldeboat and a group in Shaler, and I worked for an old carpenter over there who was one of the ramrods that got the volunteers up and running okay. in Shaler, and I don't know who did in Oldeboat. Mike? Harry Whitney was a big, big one in Shaler. Mike, somebody from... Lived in but, that big brick ranch style house. But over the years, it's evolved to paid. It's always been paid, forever been paid something in Sac City. I don't know when Lakeview came on board to get, because when I started in 93, Lakeview had it was salary. And, and I don't even, I mean. But that, the people in Odeboy, this one guy that I'm thinking of, I can't say his last name now, but he actually bought the first ambulance. Oh, that was, yeah, yeah. Right. His picture's on the wall down there right now. Yeah. Um, my, his son died, and he bought it in his name, or was killed. And that was the stipulation that he'd buy the ambulance, but it was it was Sac County ambulance, but it was for Odeboe. Yes, and Shaler had a similar deal up there. The, I think the initial ambulance, the town, come together, pulled their money, and but anyway, in the end, it's county run, county owned. Okay. I hate to run this short, but I don't get my wife to therapy here. So well, this is more BS. Give me some number. Give us some number. Yeah. Yeah. What do you guys want for? I mean, I'll get you the call volume. I'll get you some surrounding county how they take care of their just, people. Whatever you think's pertinent that the board needs to know. Yeah. And then, you know, you're going to sit back and say X amount of dollars for. And I'm not going to say in that or Shaler has 25 calls a year, and them 25 calls are not. Valuable. I'm no, not going to no, no, say, that don't at all. say that at all. I don't want to say that either. I, you know, and response time is critical to that kind of stuff. I get that. I'm just saying that at some point in time, you know, there's only so much money to go around. And I get it. Everything's driven on the dollar, but it, and it's in the end going to be you guys' choice how to handle all this. But I'm not opposed to trying to keep and retain people we have. No, no. I, I, I in think the surround in the smaller towns. How do we? That was that letter was addressed to the board of supervisors um, from Odeboat. How do we respond back to them, or how should we respond back to them that we're well, looking for this? I think you just need to acknowledge receipt of it for this conversation, and the discussion will continue. Well, and I think, you know, and I have a copy of that also, I think once we have another talk on this, then we start involving, like, a 
councilman and a, mm -hmm. or what from other from these other people that wrote the letter. No, that's because there is a league that he's meeting on Thursday's basement. Yeah, and like I said, the conversation I've had has been with the Odebo people. On, on, and we do compensate them when they go on a call. It's not like they're not getting anything, but, you know, if you're committed to being on a call, it's it's a commitment. Yeah. Um, I'll, 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 when do you want to do this again? A couple weeks? or yeah, whatever you get there. Whatever you get together. If you can get do it in a, get on the a week, fine, just get on the agenda. If it's two weeks, all right. Can have it by next week, two weeks, whatever. All right. Whatever works for you. Because you're the one having to put it all together. I'm, I'm going to go. Right. Just you can make a motion. I'll make Is there anything else? Yeah. I'll second it. <laughs> it's been moved and seconded to adjourn the meeting. All those in favor say aye. Aye. Very good. Thank, Thank you. See you now. Thanks, Ralph. Good luck.